This is the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca, Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for tuning in and hanging out with us on the first show of 2023. You are listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellata, your host with my co-host and friend, the lovely TV personality and philanthropist, Joan Kelly Walker is here. Hello. Hi, Laura. Hi. I'm so happy that you are able to join me for the first show of 2023. And everybody listening, we want to make sure it's full of some insight to help you up your dating game so that you can find love in 2023. We're going to be taking a look back at some of the top dating trends of the past year heading into 2023. Daters seem to be more open this past year and not just about non-monogamy. <laughs> so you want to listen to the entire show. So get your notepads out and start taking notes. We're getting you prepped for a year of dating success ahead. Yeah, I kind of feel like there's bright horizons in 2023. So, you know, I'm happy to celebrate the end of an era and the beginning of a new one. And you know what? I I hear you and I feel you too. And I hope that you are 100% right. You know, the last few years have been a little crazy in general, and certainly when it comes to dating. And major events have impacted how singles feel and act from, you know, started off off with the Me Too movement. Do you remember that, Joan? Mm -hmm. That impacted everybody. Everybody and everything. And it was so important and it was so timely. And I was just reading an article the other day about, you know, kind of the follow up of that. And it seems that things have shifted and changed in a positive way that, you know, there's not an assumption that uh, women in particular have to sleep with a producer if they want to get a part on a film or something like things are are coming into a better perspective that way, I think. In yeah. certain categories, not all over the place, because there's still room for a Me Too movement. But um, yeah, it's interesting to reflect back on that. Other event that has impacted how singles feel and act is COVID. Big oh, one. yeah. And the overturning of Roe versus Wade. I, I mean, and so many more things. And, you know, all these reasons have caused ripples through the dating scene. And it can be so hard to find someone who's willing to commit to a serious relationship. And so this is why today I wanted to take a look at the top dating trends that started in 2022 and will continue heading into 2023. Now, Joan, you are an outsider looking in, obviously, because you are (laughs) happily married. Yes. (laughs) And I'm sure, uh, well, I know that you have single friends and see that the struggle is real. And for some, the whole experience can be pretty daunting. You're swiping through hundreds of people only to find out that most of them are not even close to being a good match for you. Then you get people with incompatible dating interests, such as girls looking to find sugar daddies or, you know, guys looking to just hook up. And then you get people who are still stuck on their past relationships and they're dipping their toes in, you know, the dating world with no real intention of taking their search seriously. And you find a lot of people who are just out to waste your time. And then there are, you know, the constant rejections and ghostings. It's enough to make you want to give up on dating altogether. Now, has that thought, Joan, ever crossed your mind? Like, what if I was single today? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. What would my what? game plan be? Oh, my goodness. You know, that is such a hard question, whether you're single or just kind of reflecting what if I were single, 
but I do kind of go through it because I'm alongside my friends and I hear the stories and I'm the shoulder to cry on. And I'm the one they call when, you know, because it's a long process. Like a lot of my friends, they go through the sheer volume of people. You're swiping left, you're swiping right. You finally find someone that you strike up a bit of a conversation online with, and then you might text and then you might have a phone call and then you might agree to actually meet them for a coffee or something. And like you said, a lot of people really just waste your time. A lot of people kind of hold it together for the beginning of that process. And then their true colors start to come out. Like say, mm. say they're one thing, but there's something else. Their profile isn't accurate. They say they're this old. It's a different age. They say they're this tall. It's a different height. They say they're this like basic <laughs> you tangible heard a friend things. Or two, Joan. You've heard oh my goodness. And you know, people, you know, of course you're going to put your best foot forward when you're meeting someone for the first time for a coffee. But I think it has to start way before that in being clear with yourself, what you want, what are your expectations? Why are you interested in this person in particular? Why are you spending your time texting with them? Why have you agreed to meet them for coffee or dinner? So, you know, I I see it. I hear about all of it. You know, if I were single, I don't know, like I'm still old school. I like being courted by a man. I like, um, you know, I'm I'm sort of traditional that way. And I think a lot of women feel that way. A lot of people feel that way. They like, you know, when there's a spark and it's exciting. That's what dating is. Do you think you'd be hiring a matchmaker? Would you be going to singles events? Would you be getting your ass online? Oh boy. I don't know. I think I, I would hold out probably as long as I could. And I think a lot of people do this. They think, no, I can do it. I can do it. But then, then they realize, okay, it actually is really helpful to have a professional help guide me through this because it saves a lot of time, a lot of anguish, a lot of heartache. And, you know, you, Laura, always have such good tips and ideas and direction for people and how to recognize nice things so I think yes a matchmaker is a very good idea yeah and I, I think a matchmaker would be good for someone like you um but also you know women these days they're asking guys out I can't mm-hmm. see you asking a guy out I'm not sure if you would go there but I, women are doing this and and I also encourage women hey listen if you want something go for it why not mm-hmm. I I don't encourage women to chase men but why not put yourself in their way and let them notice you at least if you don't want to ask them out. But I I do see women asking men out. I see women asking men for their hand in marriage, which I wouldn't do. I don't think you would either, but I Mm -hmm. could be wrong. Yeah. I think it's great. I think it's great. If you feel strongly, like, yes, put yourself in front of that person uh, you know, make sure that your paths cross randomly sometimes. And then at a certain point, just call a spade a spade and be honest and open about it and just say, you know, hey, you want to go on a date or can I take you for dinner? I like that. Oh, it's no, I wouldn't take a guy out for dinner. <laughs> you wouldn't oh. ever under any circumstances? Uh, no, no, I would now. Like I'm in a relationship, but when I don't know him, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Ta- first of all, I wouldn't take any guy out for dinner on a first date. I wouldn't take anybody out for I, I, I wouldn't want to go for dinner on a first date myself. But I yeah. know that you're a little old school and you like that. But I wouldn't want to be stuck sitting with some guy for uh, two hours that I had nothing in common with. I find that just being uncomfortable makes me 
I don't know, makes me cringe. <laughs> yeah. So a first date should always be like a coffee or a short walk or something that's not such a time commitment. So you know what, Joan, I, I want to talk about what's wrong with dating today and why it's so hard to meet someone. And and I'm not sure if you're clear because you're again, the outsider looking in on what's yeah. happening in the dating scene right now. Yeah. And, and you hit it. Like you said something about knowing what you want and who you are. And I feel that so many people are not clear about what they want and who they are. And with so many potential people out there and partners out there, it can still be so hard to find someone who wants the same things as you do. So I think, you know, if you're looking for a serious relationship, it's really important to be clear about what you're looking for right from the start. Otherwise, you might end up wasting a lot of time on dates that go nowhere. Is this one of the concerns that your friends have? Oh, for sure. For sure. You know, I think it comes down to that transparency with yourself. And I think there's a lot of insecurity just in people in general, um, you know, and, and people are, are fragile, especially when they're entering into a dating world. So people are feeling very timid. They're not, they're intimidated. They're not comfortable with themselves. And honestly, some people are still looking for someone else to help define them. And I think that's where the mistakes come in because they're trying to mold themselves around someone else. And you have to go in as a perfectly molded person. It's like in a marriage, you have to have two holes to unify, to create a marriage. Yeah. So you can't, you can't each be half a person. Exactly. If you know what I mean. Yeah. (laughs) I know my, well, you know what? There's a lot of similarities between marriage and dating. Mm -hmm. There really is like just the other night, my husband presented me with this beautiful love letter just a letter he said you know we haven't touched base in a while here's what I'm thinking here's what I think about you and he just kind of you know shared his heart with me that is so beautiful yeah but people need to do this you have to do that for yourself and for the other person I love that I'm a big fan of compliments too. Now we have become this generation of instant gratification. We want everything right now. We can, you know, now go on a ton of dates and you'd think it'd be a good thing, but it's actually not, Joan. It's having a negative effect on our ability to form lasting relationships because we're used to getting what we want so fast, like instantly. And then we tend to give up on things really easily when things get tough in relationships, you know, and that's why you see so many marriages breaking up as well. And we're also like more likely to ghost and flake out on someone when we're just not feeling it anymore. And and that's another big problem happening in the dating world today. Yeah, yeah. And I think people like you have to be realistic and at least acknowledge the other person's point of view. Like okay. you, you have to, because if you're not doing that, you're not, it's not reality. Like there's always two sides to every story. Mm-hmm. And the truth of it is usually in the middle and people get so polarized and point their fingers at each other and, you know, accuse each other of things. And there's probably a thread of truth in there, but I think you have to really try and be in the other person's shoes. And that's where, I think the work is, I think that's what, that's the glue that holds relationships together because they're never perfect. There's always some compromise 
So you have to realize, okay, why are they feeling this? And that's where communication really comes in. You have to be able to talk about all of those things. And they're hard topics. It's hard to talk through some of these things. So do TV shows quickly before the break, do TV shows in our current society influence your relationship at all and like how you view your relationship? Oh, wow. Uh, I think it depends what you're watching. I don't think there's any really good shows about relationships. A lot of the shows that are on right now are about dysfunctional relationships. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know. I just finished watching The Handmaid's Tale, well, just... so maybe that's influencing me. But <laughs> talk there about dysfunction. Know. Yeah. Uh, so if you're putting too much pressure on yourself or your partner to be perfect, you're going to be setting yourself up for disappointment, guys. So instead, just strive to find someone who makes you happy and work on making your relationship the best that it can be. But just remember, there's no such thing as perfection. All right, we're going to be taking a break right now. When we come back, we're going to continue our chat about some of our favorite dating trends from the past year heading into 2023. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca. Toronto's News. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. We're back on The Dating and Relationship Show on AM640. It's Sunday night. I'm your host, Laura Bellata, with my co-host, Joan Kelly Walker, getting right back into our deep dive into the most popular dating trends we've seen in the last year and what you can expect in 2023. All right, Joan, you ready? Let's dive into our first top dating trend of 2022 heading into 2023. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, saving time and money with Zoom. So during the pandemic, some people opted only for virtual dates. And I was one of these people. So hopping on Zooms or chatting on the phone with a dating app match. And this year was no different. Uh, Virtual dating is still a dominant trend and it's going to continue to be. People are much more protective of their time now. So what do you think? You know, are you one of these people? Would you have saved yourself some time and money commuting, getting all decked out? Well, you still have to look good, right? But you just, it's it's a little different when you're on a video call. You don't have to spend the money on food and drinks, but you're a woman, you may not have had to, to do that. But what do you think? Would you have been one of these people that would hop on a Zoom? Because yeah. I know the people in our age bracket, they don't want to do that. And I'm because they don't feel comfortable in front of the camera. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, I have a love hate relationship with Zoom. You, <laughs> you still have to go through the process to get yourself ready, which for a woman, if you have to do your hair and your makeup and everything, it takes time. So you still have an investment of time. But I mean, presuming you get yourself ready at one point in the day and you're kind of good for the rest of the day. So, you know, that doesn't really, that's not a good excuse, but you know, it's a factor for sure. Um, And the other thing is you have to make sure that you've got your background set up and that your house is clean and that it's something sort of complimentary, or you have to have a dedicated area for that. And some people, if they live in a smaller apartment or something, it's hard to do that, but that's also super important because if you know if you're all put together and your background's all disheveled and crazy then people are going to get an impression and don't think that people aren't noticing and now um i can't find i can't get it on mine but some zoom seems to have filters that you can put in so it's that 
that filtered society that we're living in now, you're still not getting a true representation of who that person but is. At least you get an idea of who they are and That's true. how they speak and what maybe their space does look like. And some people too, they don't have any concept of lighting. You have to have good lighting coming from the front of you rather than behind you, you know? Yeah. So I, I think there is a, a method. Yeah, and there's an art to lighting. There's an art to lighting. And just a a crazy example I did in the middle of COVID when we couldn't go anywhere. I was being interviewed for this TV show, which was quite a big deal. And um, I, you know, I had obviously done a lot of Zoom calls, but I didn't know what it was going to look like until we had recorded the whole thing. And then I watched it back and I had my ring light, but it was way too bright. So basically it kind of washed out like my nose pretty much. So I had like a a very white face with like pretty much a missing nose. So they have to understand. They should have caught that at the TV station. They should have. I don't know whatever it was, it was fine. It was just sort of funny. And now I pay more attention to the lighting because I'm trying to look at it on my iPad to see my own lighting, mm-hmm. but you know, it's something you do have to give careful consideration to. Yes, yes you do. Now yes. the second top dating trend is people trying to find love amid inflation. Okay. So mm. the top three stressors for singles today, they say are finance related according to singles in America it's an annual study of over 5,000 5, single people in the US and it's conducted by match.com. And they say 39% are most stressed about the economy, 37% about their long-term financial future and 36% on the effects of inflation in general. Moving into 2023, dating costs are going to be at the top, they say, of uh, everybody's mind. Well, especially if you're single and you date a lot and you want to get yourself out there. And in a, they also said in data collected by OkCupid this year, 54% of respondents said that they want to spend $50 or less on their first date. And I, you know what? $50 isn't bad. And Bumble predicts that next year, there will be increased transparency over finances in the early stages of dating. Hmm. What are you going to do on a first date for 50 bucks? Do something outside. If you're like go for a walk. Yeah. And if you're, if your date is outdoorsy or into exercise, I mean, you have so many options. You can go hiking, winter hikes, find a place up North, go snowshoeing, maybe not on a first date. You don't want to go away with someone you don't know. Yeah. You don't want to be isolated with someone you don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the summer and the spring you can go for a bike ride, but in the winter go ice skating. If you both like ice skating. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Grab a drink, go for a nice walk around a cool neighborhood. I mean, there are things that you can do outside. I am a fan of, of a walking date. But I, I suggest, you know, guys, if you're going on a walking date, if, if you're grabbing coffees or hot chocolates, grab her one. Mm, <laughs> but she may yeah. not want to drink it if you're a stranger. So mm, that may not be a good idea either. But listen, I would be cool with that because, again, I'm not a fan of sitting across from a stranger that I don't know for an hour or two. Just not. A yeah. fan. How long how long would you say a coffee date needs to be? I would say top max an hour. I don't go on any dates for more than that. Uh If there's a connection, you guys will see each other again. So 
you, you know, I think that you just need to be patient with dating. It was what happens, Joan, when you spend too much time on a first date, you start getting really comfortable with the person and thinking, you know what, this, I may be onto something here. This could potentially be a great match, but then you start saying silly things. I, I call it foot in the mouth disease. <laughs> <laughs> So totally a lot of that. (laughs) Yeah. How would you react if a guy wanted to take you out for a walk to meet for the first time? You know what? I would love that. I love walking. I I always feel best when I'm actually moving. So I think great conversations happen when people are are like on their feet and mobile. So that's good. But you know uh, what you were talking about the foot in the mouth disease reminded me one of my girlfriends uh, was really excited about this first date. She was finally going to meet this guy in person. They had long conversations on phone and Mm. on text. And she said when she got there, it was like, it was like he had been conversing with so many different people that he didn't keep them all straight in his mind. And because he couldn't remember the details of what they had talked about on the phone and on text. And so she was pretty offended and really disappointed because she just, she said, I felt like a number. I felt like another girl and that it had progressed to this, you know, let's meet in person. But she said there was really nothing there because I didn't feel special because he didn't remember the stuff that we had talked about. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's advice for someone too, is, you know, don't have so many people on the go at the same time that you don't remember the details of the ones that you're going to invest your time and your energy into meeting in person. So next top dating trend is people are more open to traveling to meet a partner. And this trend is going to be supposedly an even bigger trend in 2023. And they call it wander love. Mm. Now working from home, they're more open to traveling to meet people and dating shows with singles based in different locations also help popularize the idea of looking, I call it beyond when it comes to romance. Also dating apps or not dating apps, sorry, like audio apps, like clubhouse, for example, Twitter Mm -hmm. spaces, people are meeting on these apps as well and meeting, you know, traveling to meet. And some people may feel a little bit bored with dating in their city and they may feel like they have better luck somewhere else. I know that when I was struggling with dating, I, I thought that often because I, I usually like, do you ever find that when you go on vacation somewhere, you tend to meet someone quicker and easier? It's just, it's weird. Um, so this is a big planet. And who's to say that the person that you're meant to be with is in your back door? Like, you just don't know. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you know that show, 90 Day Fiance. That's like yes. the extreme version of Wander Love. And it's, it's, it's kind of fascinating. It's kind of scary because then you introduce the whole notion of language hurdles and cultural hurdles and you know just time and money uh you know you got to pay for travel to get back and forth where are you staying you know visas things like that um you have to be careful yeah you have to be careful with people's intentions too there's a girl i know she just she met a cuban a few years ago and uh, she married him and he was Mm -hmm. there's a 15 year age gap okay she married him waited three years to finally get him here. She gets him here and the guy is in her space, won't sleep with her. They are no longer in a relationship. 
They fight like cats and dogs. They didn't even know each other. So what was his intent? He wanted to come Of course, to, his green card, uh, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. He wanted to come here. So now she's doing everything in her power to get him home, ship him back. She goes, Laura, I'm responsible for him for three years. Yeah. See, that's, that's the problem. That mm-hmm. like people are so in love, they don't look at that fine print. Like they have to really acknowledge what they're taking on. So I'm, yeah, I'm sorry to hear that she's in that situation and I'm sure she's talking to her friends and people are learning a lot from her. I hope so. Mm-hmm. I do. And, you know, also it's interesting how some people will travel miles and go to other countries to meet someone and then other people won't go across the highway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not joking. As a matchmaker, it can get quite frustrating for us. I'll be like, just... I've got this great match for you. They're just a city over. Well, I, I don't want to meet someone outside of my city, but I feel like you have to expand your social circle. You have to expand your search. Your person may not be currently in your town. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I have friends that married someone all across the country and they moved and, you know, and then the marriage splits up and they're there kind of like, okay, where's my friends? Where's my support network? And then they either have to kind of make a new life for themselves or they have to move back. And that's hard too, because then you kind of come with your tail between your legs thinking like, okay, that failed. Like, is there an embarrassment factor there? I hope not, but there there probably is for some people. I think that people feel like failures Mm -hmm. after a breakup, like a marriage. Yeah. I mean, this is the common denominator of what I'm hearing. You've never been divorced, so you wouldn't really know. First yeah. Time, but, maybe but you know, I also got married a bit older. I had dated a lot in my 20s. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was, you know, not a sport, but like, I really enjoyed <laughs> the whole process <laughs> of dating. I loved it, but it was you a did. different world back then. Yeah, it was 20 years ago. I don't enjoy so dating. Mm. I don't enjoy it. I find it nerve wracking and not nerve wracking, but... Just, I feel like, what if I'm not interested in this person? Like, how do I let them down? Mm-hmm. I don't want to waste my time. And that's why I'm a big fan of virtual dates. Because if I'm not attracted to you virtually, I don't like what you're saying virtually. I'm not going to meet you and I'm not wasting my time. Time for us to take another break. We'll be right back to share some of the top dating trends for 2023. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. Toronto's News, today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta, your host, with my co-host tonight, Joan Kelly Walker, highlighting our top dating trend predictions for dating in 2023. And Laura, right before the break, you said something that kind of piqued my interest. You were saying, if I'm not attracted to someone virtually, now, how, how does this work? I've never been on a virtual date. I've been married for 20 years, so I don't, I, I've never had to go through that process. Mm-hmm. But like, is it the same as meeting someone in person? Like you actually can feel that sort of energy over a Zoom call or on FaceTime? Feel physically feel no but you can you get a good idea of what their character's like and how they speak and the tones that they use 
And are they, do they smile a lot? What does their smile look like? Do our, they have nice teeth? <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, what's coming out of their mouth? Um, I'm going to have a look at your space. But I just want to know if there is some sort of connection. Do our goals align? And, and yes, um, I don't know if that answers your question, but you can't physically feel them, but you get a good sense of who they are. Uh, have you ever had a situation where you're kind of like, yeah, I mean, they kind of tick all the boxes, but then you meet them and you're like, wow, there is actually like a big physical thing here. Like, does has that happened to you? A physical thing in a good sense or in a bad Yes, you are both. Oh, yes. Uh, where the chemistry was on par, but then opposite too. I, there was a guy that I dated virtually for about a month, let's say. And he, he actually looked kind of cute online. But then when I met him in person, I think he downed a ball of red wine in the car. His teeth were like super purple. Oh. And I couldn't picture kissing him. <laughs> and yeah. if I can't picture myself kissing someone, it's not a good date. It's yeah. It's not a good date. And I felt really bad because he was super kind, but the chemistry I had with him online was a little different than in person. So okay, there's a lot of issues there. If he downed a bottle of red wine while he was waiting in the car, I mean that's that's a huge issue. How do you leave it? Like, do you me. tell him you should, by the way, brush your teeth or don't show up to your next date like this? Like just a bit of advice. I felt bad. I, I don't know. I don't like that kind of confrontation. Um, yeah. And it's not your responsibility. No. Now, if I knew that he went on a date, like let's say he was my client, I'd have no issues telling him, setting him straight. But because it was with me, I have an issue with that. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Our next top dating trend is politics will be more important than ever when choosing a partner. So political polarization in the U.S. has increased in the last few years, and it's really affected how singles interact Uh, And they're saying now that people are basically throwing around these deal breakers. Um, Being a Republican, for example, is a deal breaker for 33% of singles, according to Singles in America, which is conducted by Match. And while 23% see being a Democrat as a deal breaker. And then back in 2017, those numbers were 11% and 6%. So think about that. So back in 2017, 11% compared to 33% and then 6% compared to 23%. So, wow. Yeah. And then 31% say that not having an opinion on key issues is a deal breaker. And that statistic is up from 16% in 2017. And you know what? This is true because back in 2017, I don't think I cared about politics the way I do now. Like it's a... Mm -hmm. This whole COVID thing was a game changer for me. I oh, for sure. Know. For sure. And the whole, you know, the no. whole situation down there that's changed so much. But, you know, it's one thing to have opinions on key issues. Mm-hmm. But I think what's really important in the world of dating is the way that you explain your opinion on those key issues. Are you willing to listen? Are you open to try and understand the other side? Are you just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, are you raising your voice? Like, how are you uh, sharing your thoughts and feelings? I think that's what really matters you in know, the dating and, world. And, and I, was, I was thinking back because uh, when I was having an argument with my boyfriend and he 
uh, is really one-sided on one matter. And I'm really one-sided on the other. And I think where the arguments happen is when nobody backs down. And I'm the type of person where I'd be like, listen, you have your opinion. I will have mine, but I don't want to talk about it because you are not changing my opinion. And so we are just going to argue. We're just going to fight. So we need to respect the fact that we both have our own opinions and that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we can still cohabitate. We, we don't live together, but we can still hang out and just not let these matters come in between us because at the end of the day, they really don't have anything to do with us. And at the end of the day, your decision is not going to make a difference. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have to be able to agree to disagree on certain things. And Mm -hmm. and that's not even in politics. That's, you know, child rearing, you know, household things, who does what in the house, how do you spend money? How do you save money? Like those are things where you're going to have situations where you agree to disagree and you have to just have those conversations. Like this is where it's not comfortable, but this is where the work is in a relationship. So um, yeah, there's a lot of power in that. There is. Mm -hmm. And our next dating trend is, people are going to continue to show their vulnerable side. So since 2020, COVID daters have really opened up to each other. And a lot of the small talk was replaced by having deep conversations during the pandemic. I'm not sure if you remember that, if we had talked about, I know that we talked about Mm -hmm. it a lot on this show. Yeah, yeah. People are becoming more vulnerable in general, I feel. uh, And they're really prioritizing self-care, their emotional maturity. They're going to therapy. And, and people are also looking for partners that prioritize their mental health as well. And which I love, I just love that. And on OkCupid, uh, nearly 1.6 million users said that mental health is as important as physical health and that they're looking for a partner who thinks the same way. And 73% said that having discussions about mental health is really important. And they're open to talking about it with their partner. And I think this is really cool, Joan how far we've come when it, when it comes to dealing and talking about mental health mm-hmm. and, and how we can have regular talks about it and, and how it's okay, you know, not to be okay. Yeah. Thank goodness that we're at this point. Finally. Like, I mean, that way of thinking and that way of living is actually saving lives. And we're going to take a break <laughs> on that note. <laughs> One last quick break, and then uh, we're going to come back to sharing our top dating trends for 2023. Stay with us. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Galata from singleinthecity.ca. Toronto's News. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM 640 Toronto. And Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. I'm your host, Laura Vallada, with my special co-host tonight. Well, she's not a special co-host. She is my co-host. <laughs> but she is I a special I think lady. I'm a little special. No, no, you're a special lady. But you're, you are my co-host. <laughs> well, thank you. And Happy New Year, Laura and everybody. I know. And happy new year to you. And uh, we are going to have a kick-ass year and we are counting down our top dating trends for 2023. 
The next one is another one that I absolutely love is daters are learning more about what makes relationships healthy or toxic. So they are learning. People are setting boundaries. Oh, yes. Woo. <laughs> uh, Bumble predicts that setting boundaries will be an even bigger trend in 2023. According to a survey of 14,300 Bumble users worldwide, 63% of daters say that they're clear about emotional needs and boundaries, and 59% are more thoughtful and intentional about how they put themselves out there, and that men, in particular, have grown more self-aware. I love this again, and I'm so happy for the men. 74% of men surveyed by Bumble say that they look inward and analyze their own behavior more than ever and have a clear understanding of toxic masculinity. Hmm. So how, like, how do you recognize if a relationship is healthy or toxic? Are you able to uh, get to a place where you can or understand each other and, and, and compromise? Very important. And your partner's not, yeah, communicate and, and your partner's not, is being very respectful. I think respect is huge in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you said something earlier about uh, you are a fan of compliments. I think every human being alive thrives better on compliments mm -hmm. than criticism. So I think if you take a moment to say, you know, what am I grateful for in this relationship today and find something positive to say, at least on a daily basis, I think that helps elevate and keep your relationship in the healthy zone. We have two more tips, top dating trends that I want to cover. So we just want to move on. Most of us are, are approaching sex and intimacy more openly. And we're exploring sex is no longer the taboo thing that it once was. Um, people are having like important sexual discussions early on when they're meeting. And young singles on Tinder, they're saying, are more open to situationships or relationships that are not quite serious and not quite hookups. Uh, open relationships are also becoming more acceptable. They say that 30% of singles on OkCupid, that's around 8.5 million singles, said that they'd be interested in an open relationship, which is quite alarming to me. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of open relationships, but it's interesting to see how the dating world is really shifting and changing. Hmm. Yeah, I'm surprised at that as well. I guess maybe for me, it was kind of the definition, what's the difference between situationships and open relationships? I thought they were uh, more similar, but they're actually two completely separate things. Yes, they are. Yes, yeah. they're totally different. And yeah, yeah. an open relationship is, is you're very clear on what the two of you want. You're in a relationship, but you can have a relationship with someone else where a situationship, yeah. you really haven't defined your relationship. Right. I think in open relationships, you're really, somebody's going to get hurt. A lot of the times you say, yeah, I can handle this, but then you're, you really can't. So I don't know. I'd be terrified of that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not interested in that either. And according to Bumble, one in three people are now more open to dating people beyond their type. Yay. Oh, mm. That one too. <laughs> uh, they say almost half of the singles, that's 49% that surveyed by singles in America have fallen in love with someone they weren't initially attracted to. And this is the highest it's been in a decade up from 38% in 2012, meaning more people are 
you know, forming these deeper relationships and connections with that's so nice. Yeah, that's so nice. Yes, this is what's happening. So I'm very excited about that. And our last top dating trend is sober and curious dating. And you and I know a little bit about this because we were at uh, what was that play over? Other ship. Other ship. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we were there just uh, a few weeks ago. And so they say that sober or sober curious dating has been a trend like this year. And it, and it it's because with an increase in alcohol consumption over the pandemic, people are now reflecting on their use and changing their habits. So they're actually going, doing the opposite, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alcohol can also really negatively impact a good date. <laughs> Too much alcohol. Too much alcohol can definitely be negative for sure. And so you kind of blow an opportunity that might have turned into something great. So yeah, sober and curious, the trend. I love it. A survey of users on Tinder age 18 to 25 showed that 25% said that they drank less on dates in 2022. That's 25% compared Mm. to 2021. And on their profile, 72% of young singles on Tinder said that they don't drink or only drink occasionally on their profiles. And the mm-hmm. use of beer and wine emojis has decreased 40 and 25% in Tinder profiles from 2021 to 2022. Wow. That's fantastic. I'm happy to hear all of that. So those are our top dating trends of 2022, 2023. Is there anything that you want to add in there, Joan? Hmm. You know, I would say plan, journal, do affirmations, manifest, do all of those things with the goal of supporting yourself and, and seeking clarity in what you're looking for in a relationship or in a date or in a mate, or, you know, if you're in an open relationship or a situationship, just be clear within yourself and every, the future will be very bright. I love it. And just some quick tips for you guys. If you're looking for love in 2023, Don't choose a partner based on looks only get out there as much as possible. Be a yes person. Say yes to every single opportunity that is given to you. Every time you walk out that door, make sure you look good. Change your attitude about dating. Make it positive. Get some help with your pictures, your dating profile, just getting help with dating online or finding someone in general. If you need it, ask all your friends to keep an eye out for you and be clear about who you are and what you want. Well, thanks for listening in on this week's episode of the Dating and Relationship Show. 2023 is going to be your year for love. I just know it. I hope that tonight's look into dating trends and predictions for this year has given you lots of, uh, you know, information to get you excited about. If you need a little help to get things started this new year, uh, visit me at singleinthecity.ca to learn more about upcoming singles events, uh, my matchmaking program, and date coaching options that will help you feel more confident about finding the one. Joan, where can people get a hold of you? I'm on Instagram at Joan Kelly Walker Official or my website, joankellywalker.com. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Bye.